Spirituality Challenged is a podcast recorded on Canadian Treaty 1 territory, and that the land on which we gather is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Diné people, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We acknowledge that our water is sourced from Shoal Lake 41st Nation, which is located on Treaty 3 territory. Spirituality Challenged respects the spirit and intent of treaties and treaty making and are open to future partnerships with First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people in the spirit of truth, reconciliation, and collaboration. Hello, and welcome to our first Spirituality Challenged bonus episode. I'm Aaron Parsons, the host of the podcast, and, um, welcome! While this episode is geared towards folks who've listened to the first few episodes of the pod so far, I'm also putting this up as kind of a 20-year-plus anniversary of struggling with politics and spirituality of my young adult years. Another quick disclaimer, uh, my voice has been messed up a little bit by the whole COVID episode I experienced at the end of 2023, but hopefully soon I'll have a much cleaner set of vocal cords for future episodes. So to begin, I was born in a Christian home in Winnipeg to two parents who went to a small Pentecostal church, but they attended New Apostolic Reformation Bible Studies in the 80s run by some guy named Pastor Hoover. So casting out demons, praying for a hedge of protection, having the spirit fall on people so that they cry or they fall on the floor laughing, being drunk in the spirit, you name it. I was exposed to it at a young age. There was one time I remember in a Bible study where this woman was in a chair and my parents and the entire Bible study were trying to cast a demon out of her and she threw up in a pail that was in front of her and the whole basement erupted praising God because the demon was out. I was so traumatized by that experience that I wanted to go to a different church. As soon as my parents saw what happened to me, Our family tried a Filipino church, but it was way too stuffy, even for my parents, so we went to a Dutch Reformed church called Good News Fellowship on St. Mary's Road. Slowly, my parents, especially my dad, became more closeted when it comes to their Pentecostalism, but my mom still wanted in on the more radical spiritual stuff that was going on in the world. She was listening to strange radio stations that had their own conspiracy theories, such as one where the hermeneutic code in the legislature was a prophecy that paralleled Revelation, where a big spiritual battle would happen someplace in Winnipeg. She also believed that God was going to use me and my sister to bring more kids to church in high school. And that definitely didn't happen. Especially in my case, I was teased and bullied through 11 years of school, and when I wanted to share my talents or interests with the school, that made me come off as more of a poser or a wannabe. Eventually, I got involved with a group of incels who had nationalist beliefs, and while they didn't really believe in God, I believed that people like us were supposed to take our rightful place as people on top. So... I was slightly red-pilled, I guess you could say, and I started writing Christian-ish rap with nationalist undertones. At a school dance in 2001, I somehow got my music played, and the school officials didn't like that, and probably some of the lyrics I wrote back then. 
I spoke my so-called truth in the principal's office when he brought me in and was kicked out for trying to quote-unquote start a revolution. This whole experience led me to complete isolation like I'm currently in right now. I had no contact with old friends, and some of them eventually got busted for shoplifting. After one crime-ridden incident, I got away from them completely. This got me to dedicate 100% of my time to a job and to really concentrate on becoming a decent alternative hip-hop artist. I somehow ended up taking a course with Nolan Balzer of DeCapo Productions, who did work with Rob Wilson, also known as Fresh IE. Through learning how to mix, I got to learn the basics of EQ, compression, dynamic sound control, and effects like chorus and phasing sound. I decided after the course to get in touch with Fresh at Waves of Glory, and that's when I got saved at the church there. Then, I felt God led me to Springs, so I studied in their Master's Commission program. The best parts of my time there were volunteering with the inner city and just ensuring that the kids there were smiling. The crew I was connected with, we were helping a lot of hurting kids, and boy, were there a lot of them. Of course, while doing my time at the 725 branch, I didn't really fit in with the other students there, even though I've been sharing a lot of my work with sound engineers and other worship musicians in the church. I did meet a few friends there that were outside of the program, and we used to be super tight for years. We went to Bible studies together, we went to Saturday night church services at 725, we hung out at restaurants, and did just about every crazy thing you can think of that Christian young adults do. And yes, some people in the group dated and probably did have, well, SEX, but nobody talked about it. Some of us at Springs, including one of Pastor Leon's nephews, also moved over to Calvary Temple's young adult group, where a new apostolic Reformation pastor named Trevor Meyer was starting services called Beyond. If you want to learn more about this, go check out the first episode, especially if you want more of an idea of what was going on behind these services. Eventually, after the whole Todd Bentley snafu when he had come down to Calvary Temple, after that happened, Meyer was let go from his position in 2010, and Calvary Temple turned the dial down on how hyper-charismatic things got in the church. The problem is that the seeds of... The New Apostolic Reformation, they've been planted, and the damage was done. Five of my friends, they didn't support Trevor leaving, and they still wanted to know when the next big revival was coming. So they still followed people like John Arnott of Toronto Airport Fellowship, Will and Stacey Campbell, Faitin Grisecci, Grisecci, I, I can't really pronounce their last name very well, and yes, Americans like Bill Johnson and Sean Foyt. They still went to places like IHOP Kansas. They moved on to Harvest Church Winnipeg, which eventually merged with Waves of Glory. I just decided to step away because of all that, and I went to college and attended Bethel Church in Brandon at that time. Eventually, a couple I was still friends with from Springs introduced me to my wife during a rough time in my college life. We hit it off very quickly, but as we took on a long-distance relationship and I tried to get her into some of the New Apostolic Reformation stuff, she got very uncomfortable, and some of our phone dates and time spent together were very dark in terms of my faith. Some would say that's where the deconstruction began, but I held on as long as I could. 
even though I started to see that taking this crazy stuff into the real world actually caused more harm than good. Eventually, we both decided to get marriage counseling after getting engaged, and the pastor discovered and told me point blank that I was spiritually abused by both Beyond a Calvary Temple and Springs Church. My wife and I still got married anyway, and marriage life was happy at first, but we were bouncing from apartment to apartment while working full-time jobs. My job was so stressful between 2013 and 2014 that when my supervisor called to have me work overtime, I would ignore all his calls. At the end of 2014, I decided to start freelancing on my own, and I'm doing so casually today. Through that time, I stumbled upon a conspiracy theory documentary where people connected to James Dobson were spreading a Cold War lie that communism was going to take over America from the inside. My parents, having finally gotten out of the NAR atmosphere, but trying to be a little radical as believers, but not so much in your face about it, they sat me down and they told me about how they were brainwashed by certain kind of conspirituality, and they had to learn to think for themselves and do their own research. They encouraged me to do the same, and that's how I decided not to believe everything that my friends at church were sharing on Facebook. course, 2016 happened, and my story of online activity was very similar to many in churches who split over support for Trump and being a true loving believer. When Trump said vaccines caused autism, that was it for me. I sided with the Christians who saw the GOP and Trump as a threat to the church's spiritual health. I stuck around anyway, thinking I could change how people thought from the inside, and we just know that it's impossible given that evangelicals were groomed for 56 years. I continued to stand my ground though. My wife and I tried progressive Christianity. I made new friends, but I lost many of the old ones. I lost clients. And I injured my back, I took other jobs, and I lost those jobs too. And things got worse. In 2019, my wife quit her job due to stress and we sold the house that we bought. We decided to become alternative voices for Christianity in the spiritual and wellness space on Facebook and Instagram. And that did not go well at all. I was helping my wife start a blog that she would eventually monetize while I started trying to share my own experience of how the system failed autistic people and what they should do to find alternative ways to thrive. And even through my own self-improvement journey, I wasn't seeing results and I would always get mad at myself, my friends, and my family when the exercising didn't heal my back or when barely any sales were coming in for anything that we put out on the internet. I think it was also frustrating because in 2020, we got followers who were into all the nutty great replacement theory stuff, alternative wellness, bleach drinking shit, and it was just really getting annoying. 
I remember listening in on my wife who was chatting with a Florida follower of her Instagram account and she was spewing anti-vax misinformation, anti-Semitic stuff while asking her about Justin Trudeau and his comments on the Great Reset and I was just so mad listening to that conversation, I would have swiped the phone out of her hands and tossed it across the room. But I didn't. Eventually, I took a break from my own content creation and decided to help my aunt in Oshawa move out of her mansion. She retired from dentistry and her husband who was a doctor passed away, leaving all of his stuff hoarded all over her big house. My wife and I took whatever we could. We started a social distancing garage sale and we helped her get rid of a bunch of mid-ticket items using Facebook Marketplace. During this time, I questioned everything about money. I questioned the prosperity gospel. I questioned why we had to work so hard just to afford so much shit that we buy and we don't even use. That experience dramatically changed how I look at capitalism. I mean, fuck. My uncle had unopened packages of batteries and audiovisual equipment from the early 1990s. When I did go back to putting content online again, it changed to tips about how to get rid of stuff, authentic gratitude, and pretty much my own version of Mark Manson's teachings of determining what you value and just letting go of everything else. Little did I know that privilege had everything to do with how effective one can be when exercising these kinds of things. My wife finally decided to close everything down for her blog and things she sold online, and we decided to go back to school. When Facebook Christian friends I was connected to years ago started inviting me to the Freedom Convoy just over two years ago, that was the time I finally left it all. I spent a week countering misinformation in Messenger, I made rational arguments about Christian nationalism, I quoted scripture about taking God's name in vain, I crafted articulate points about how this kind of event was similar to J6, I pointed out examples indicating the convoy had racist and anti-Semitic undertones, and I even said that Christians who support the convoy, they can do whatever they want and that they've always had the freedom to choose because choosing is a subconscious thing we do all the fucking time. They need to go through the consequences of their choices. I even had to tell people vaccines don't turn people into zombies and that it was based off an old talking point from Andrew Wakefield. No matter what I said, These people, good people that I cared for, they either unfriended me or they blocked me. I finally threw my hands up. I just said, fuck it. Everything I've been raised in is a cult. Everything. And I'm so glad I didn't attend any convoy events because some crazy liberal tried to run over convoy attendees during the Winnipeg protest. Imagine if I was there and somebody who probably would have agreed with me on a lot of things tried to run me off. Sometimes I feel like my whole life was a setup for what I'm doing right now. I feel like the only lesson life taught me was that the world will never be heaven on earth. I feel like I was destined to discover that the Christianity of 2015 and later was nowhere near the faith I was taught while I was growing up. 
And yet still, my body is having bad psychological reactions to things like people debating both the existence and non-existence of God. For example, my wife is trying to figure out if she's an atheist or not. When she goes on all about all the holes in God's love, such as why God is love while he sent a flood to kill everyone in Genesis, I was very uncomfortable with her tone, even though I 100% agree with her. Also because I believe that some form of spirituality exists, people still get mad at me because I think there's a reason we got here besides the Big Bang. I understand that trauma is a psychological process and it involves bodily response. It's hard to navigate it because we aren't just dealing with cognitive dissonance or the head knowledge of not believing anymore. We're dealing with breaking tradition. We're dealing with getting comfortable in a new personality. Even something as simple as wearing different kinds of shirts or clothes. It's all about just trying to heal. And that same trauma that can come from perceived or real threats, it's different for a lot of people. And I'm still trying to figure out for myself how to work through it. For me... Because community is important, my trauma may come out when trying to socialize with family and friends who are still Christian, and they talk about religion and stuff like that. So, I've been blowing a lot of religious people off most of the time lately, especially if they want to do coffee or if they want to do Zoom chats. I'm still searching for a new group of people I can feel safe with, but of course, autism really adds to the difficulty. I also realized that for most of my life, I had this ideal vision of the world, where everyone would unite, put their differences aside, and try to support each other. And between March and June of 2020, I had this exciting hope that not only would people unite against COVID, but that they would get rid of their past thinking of who was pure, who was accepted, who was significant and deserving of human dignity, and who wasn't. I had this dream that we'd all eventually help each other recover after COVID was gone, and that we'd stop bickering over religion and politics. I had this dream that corporations and governments would reform their systems completely after letting them die. But then George Floyd's murder happened, and I realized that the dream was gone. Not just in terms of people uniting, but in terms of the whole system going down. In general, our wounds that were partially healed, they all opened up again and became completely infected to the point of killing us slowly, each and every year since. 2023 was an insane year where a lot of my life completely fell apart. All my family moved away. We were almost kicked out of our apartment that we had for four years. I networked. I gave out my resume over half a thousand times and only got one person to contact me for an interview, which I failed. My grandmother passed away and I probably got COVID two times or more. I'm almost to the point of applying for some kind of financial assistance if possible and just doing multiple podcasts full time thanks to the grandfather plan I have with Red Circle where I can host audio for free. I'm at the point in my spirituality where I can have a rational discussion regarding progressive elements of a religion or theology 
But unfortunately, even if multiple religious groups combat the constant waves of neoliberal paranoia and reactionary radicalization, it will never be enough to get me back in church on a Sunday morning. Maybe that will change when I see undeniable societal shifts for myself and for others, but I will never willingly set foot in a Baptist or evangelical church ever again. Maybe I'm asking too much, but when one has been born and raised in a culty, hyper-charismatic, individualist, brainwashing, madness of an environment for over 30 years, it takes a long time and probably many therapy sessions to lower my standards. So, the million dollar question, what do I believe now? Being agnostic, I believe that if a god actually exists, 99% of the population are wrong about who or what that god truly is. I believe that some form of spirituality is directing the world in an order that no human will ever understand. And if that spirituality will answer anything, it will probably explain things, like why we think kittens and puppies are formed the way they are, even though we can explain why we think they're adorable. It will explain why we connect emotionally to certain musical genres individually and collectively. It will explain why some people enjoy the little things in life and are completely satisfied with just eating a sandwich compared to those who will do anything to be the next American president. And sure, sociology, psychology, and other sciences can find the answers to certain questions eventually, and maybe they already have. But does having all the right answers matter? It might, but being the smartest person in the room isn't one of my values. Lifelong learning is. And as long as I have a stable environment to grow, create, and learn something new, that's fine by me. I also think that there's only so much we can know. I'm at peace with filling my brain with knowledge that only I can handle because any more than that might drive me to suicide. I've already seen enough darkness to know that positive psychology doesn't work and that our society's systems are overdue for a complete overhaul. And I may never figure out how to fix things. And I may need faith to see the full solution to most of our crises that we go through every day. And after realizing that and sacrificing certainty, I just move on. Because the thrill of trying to prove that I'm right and that everyone else is wrong is completely absent. And that helps me to keep on living. And that leads me to one of my other values. I have no idea what else to call it but this. All research exhausted to the point of not giving a fuck. And the reason I call it that is because there are certain things that Christians I know are jealous for to the point of death. And as much as I want to understand why they're this passionate, I'm not going to get it. I won't understand it. Because religion has always been way too complex. I mean, I didn't even get it while being part of the New Apostolic Reformation. I just move on and live my life if I can't answer anything. 
A perfect example of this is why Christians are so obsessed with seeing physical manifestations of healing, but never really focus on the mental health side of things. I'll never know the full answer to this, and I may only have assumptions about their outlook on mental health based on certain stereotypes, but I just don't care to dive much deeper. There are more important things to focus on, like helping society undo all its mistakes that are linked to the flawed, outdated ideologies like the Protestant work ethic or purity or eugenics. And I'm satisfied with the somewhat shallow answer that therapy, psychiatry, or psychology to Christians will cause a majority of them to give up on their faith eventually. That will be the answer that will sit with me. Maybe this is just my autistic brain getting stuck on things, or maybe this is something I'll never recover from when it comes to my fundamentalist upbringing. But I'm still willing to learn. I'm still willing to accept that atheism isn't the answer, even if evangelicalism is completely wrong. I'm still willing to change my mind, unless factoids conflict with my personal revelation that ideologies in evangelicalism, imperialism, capitalism, new thought, neoliberalism, and our white colonized culture is slowly killing us all. Sorry this episode was more of a rant, just wanted to thank you very much for listening. Check out the early episodes of Spirituality Challenged by listening to our links in the show notes, and stay tuned sometime in March for an episode on environmentalism. Have a good one, everybody.